you need to really understand what it takes in terms of time and money to make your business work. Christine, so really, your host of the Startup Scene podcast and back with me is Karen Lee Anderson. Welcome back, Karen. <laughs> Thank you. We are still in the uh, series, How to Protect Your Legacy uh, as a Social Entrepreneur. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, please do so. Extremely valuable, extremely interesting and inspiring. And um, I'm looking forward to this and next ones because basically we split one thing into two episodes because there's a lot to say. And it's basically the... 10 boring things that a lot of social entrepreneurs forget about. Um, <laughs> so that sounds not boring, but uh, important. So would you want to dive right in, Karen? <laughs> sure. So yes, I think when I talk about these, you'll go, well, that sounds a bit like normal business. But I'll tell you why I think they're really important for social entrepreneurs. And that's because social entrepreneurs need to be better at these boring things and some of them are very specific around impact but not many you have to be really good at it because if you build a business that fails and if you don't do these boring things it will fail um, then you are letting people down because the thing about social entrepreneurs organizations is you give people hope and um, if people latch on and believe you and and want to access the products that you are selling they're going to change the world for good we need to make sure that it really works and it doesn't fail um, so the first five today are actually all about numbers and i know everyone finds them really boring but the first one is own your numbers and really understand how the costs work in your business i find so often entrepreneurs say well i've got an accountant or i sort of know what the margins are that's not enough it really isn't enough. As, as your business grows, you will need people to do the boring, really, really boring stuff of bookkeeping for you. But you need to really understand what it takes in terms of time and money to make your business work. So really understanding the costs. Um, and margins um, are kind of saying, well, I'm going to sell it for this and then I'm going to add 20% and that'll cover everything. That's That doesn't really work because... Um, it's excluding the cost of time. And so knowing, so when I talk about owning your numbers, knowing that it takes, in some industries, it can take years to make a sale. My first really, really big sale when I worked for IBM, I started it uh, sort of late in my first year working for the business and I closed it three years later. I did make little sales in between, but it took that sale, because it was over a million, took two and a half years to make. And that, if you're selling to the NHS or to a local authority in your area or government or large um, uh, international organizations, it can take you years to make a sale. So if you happily say, my business model is that I'm gonna sell this to this organization and you just put it in as, this is what it takes, I'm gonna charge them this and I'm gonna, um, pay this to myself for doing it and you haven't taken into account that you have to survive for two and a half years before they pay you that's quite hard so the first thing is really own your numbers don't palm them off an accountant if you find numbers hard look for help and I, I think this is the most important thing with everything and I'm sure Christine says this often there are lots of people who can help you and keep asking until someone will explain something in a way that makes sense to you so if 
someone can't explain your numbers to you and help you get your head around your numbers, find someone else and keep asking because you will only be successful if you really know your numbers. That's the a other really things good point as well, if I may, um, because um, like you exactly like you say, okay, yeah, I know my mind. Some people don't even know any numbers. <laughs> you should, <laughs> but um, keep in mind how long it takes to make a sale. Exactly that, because uh, depending on who you're selling to, it might take a long time. Um, there's no one who sells from day one. And the people, and I always say this as well, there's no overnight success, all these things, because these people have worked in the background for years. Um, I know someone who has opened um, a, a supermarket, which is uh, all about how it should be with fair trade or packetry, sustainable, um, fair, um, fair salaries, everything. Um, and uh, I know that she worked three years on building a community behind these kind of values to then when she opened the supermarket they had a long queue of people that wanted to go in and it was successful but it's not that they came up with the concept opened the store and then all of a sudden everyone came it there was so much hard work behind it and knowing that it is necessary to put their work in and to build up this network and community behind it before mm -hmm. yeah and that concept, uh, the other sort of little part about own your numbers is tracking your expenses before you start. And so I've, I've, I've spoken to entrepreneurs who go, well, I haven't sold anything yet, so I haven't tracked my costs. And the fact that that shop, uh, and I think I know which shop it is, took three years of, there were costs. And those costs are important for you to know the real cost of doing business. And it's also important if you engage other people, because actually people don't want to engage in a shop that opens overnight without thought and process. And if you say, no, it's taken me three years, I've done these things, if you've got investors or you've got stakeholders, being able to show them the costs and be show them the investment of your time into it, which links back to my number two point, which is track everything. So track all your time and money from the start. Now I've touched on the money bit because there are always expenses in advance and you have to track them. The good thing is from an accounting point of view, you can then offset that against any profits you make. So it's, it's not only a practical thing to understand your business to do it, but it's a practical thing because it helps you go on further and be more profitable. But the other thing you need to track is time. And I think this feeds into lots of elements, um, but the one is at the beginning you, might feel like you're working 24 seven, but all of us do get to sleep a little bit. Um, so you might be doing 16 hours a day. And at some point you will need to replace yourself. And so knowing that it takes you 15 minutes to go into Canva and create a social media post. Um, if you're going to then replace yourself, you need to know that you'll be paying someone at least 15 minutes, if not more. Um, and so you tracking your time, there's the same thing as tracking your money because they're both time is money, it really is, they both allow you to realistically do the next step, which is realistic forecasting. So numbers, so the first one is own your numbers. Second one is track everything. And the third one is do realistic forecasting. So the realistic forecasting takes into account the tracking that we're talking about, takes into account everything that you've spent on the business. And I so often see forecasts for businesses where they say, well, I'm going to forecast for next year and they don't put the historic numbers in. You won't know how realistic your forecasts are if you don't have the tracked background. And the reason why you forecast 
is so that you can see if it's achievable. So one of the things I talk through with people with forecasting so often is, is the element of time. So you, all businesses are seasonal in some way. And if they're not seasonal in the way people buy, they certainly will be seasonal in the way you sell. So understanding your own rhythms. And today I was talking to someone who um, has a young family. So holidays are out. You know, she can't sell or deliver during holidays. She also, her business is based around a farm. And so she has to have the farm working well. And then she does consultancy out of the business and she invites people in and she runs events. So she has to take, take her time and her diary and say, this is how much time it's going to take me to keep the farm. And if we look at the seasons, she's going to be way busier in summer in the farm. So looking ahead on her sales, we're not going to say that she's going to sell equally and deliver equally in January, February, March, April, May, June, July. She will sell more probably in winter and do more work on her business in winter than in spring and maybe in autumn. And then when there's holidays, she's got no time. So when you're forecasting, start with a calendar. Don't even start with the numbers. Say, looking at next year if I'm selling, have I got a product that everyone's going to buy at Christmas time? If I don't, then actually have no sales over Christmas because when people are spending money on other things, they're not going to be spending it on you. So if you're not a Christmas type product, then just make that month lower. And even when you're growing, have an expectation that you know what the seasons are. So this is why if you start tracking from the beginning, you'll be able to go, well, I sold last December, but that was because it was my first month and I was really lucky. But when it came around to month 13, when I was in December again, yeah, there was all my best friends had bought and no one wanted to buy because they were spending money on presents. And so having this tracking allows you to realistically forecast and say, what actually can I sell and deliver? And so this issue of being realistic then leads into the next two points, which is clarifying the true cost of impact. So, you know, we talked in the first two sessions around being really, really clear the change you want to make in the world. Um, and part of the reason by being clear is not to give yourself too big a job, but also I seldom find a business where the cost of the impact doesn't add to the cost of the product. So we all get used to the fact that fair trade products cost more than um, kind of somewhere where they use slave labor and push the prices down. Um, because in order to be fair to people, you have to pay a bit more. Um, and so you will always have a cost of impact. And so you need to know that and figure it out. Um, and once you know that and you do your proper forecasting, then you're able to go, actually, by the end of the year, I've reached, I don't know, 50 people. And that might be like a huge achievement for you. And, and it's much better for you to have based it on realistic expectations than saying, okay, I'm going to reach 100,000 people in the first year. And then when you reach only 50, you're going to feel really sad. Whereas if you reach 55, because you've realistically forecasted by starting with real numbers and like real 60 seconds in a minute and 60 minutes in an hour, it just helps. So before I go into number five, I just wondered, Christine, I just talk nonstop because I love numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's really important. And, and you're right. I mean, a lot of startups, um, well, it depends. Some people, I have a friend who loves numbers and crunching numbers and, and Excel sheets and details and data. 
um, loves, loves, loves for hours and days to look into them, research them, clarify them, structure them. <laughs> um, I'm not one of these people. I'm not one of these people who, who doesn't do it at all or doesn't like it at all, but I'm not going into so much details um, when it comes to certain things. However, um, if you're looking at certain profiling I've done as well in the past and also in my, my um, patterns of behavior, um, you can see that I'm fact-based person on um, I'm, I'm a thinker in certain specific profiling uh, words and I need always to have proof of things and to have numbers behind them actually um, but I don't need to know um, the whole history why someone maybe did some research and how it came about and stuff like this for me it's okay to just know the outcome <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm yeah. a bit of a middle <laughs> person um, but it's um, I know that this is also, one of the reasons why some of the people I work with, they, they say, oh, no, well, I do this as a business and I see what happens and they don't think things through. They don't do forecasting. If they do forecasting it's and, and they want to impress investors, it's, it's not realistic forecasting. It's like, yeah, we're going to have one million users in the first year because we spend 50,000 uh, pounds in marketing and that will attract uh, with the following conversion rate, this and that. It's not realistic if you no. are new, you, you need to build up a brand. People don't even know who you, who you are. You need to build up trust, they need to like you and they need to want to actually the product. And then your product, if we're talking about technology and we talked about this before as well, it's full of bugs. There's no yep. ever, ever any technology that is bug free when you're doing beta testing and even when you're launching it, but that's okay because uh, in this world, it, it just cannot be with all the updates uh, and external things that you rely on um, that you will use in your technology. Um, but thank you for, for outlining them. So um, uh, own the numbers, track the number, realistic forecasting is, is really important, but can be also difficult. Um, but like you say, ask people to help you and find someone who can explain it to you so that you actually understand it and that it makes sense to you. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it all by yourself, but you have to understand and know if someone else is doing it, um, what they're doing and what the numbers yes. mean. And I mean, at one level, it's very simple. Um, every minute you spend on your business, you need to know whether it's worth it or not. <laughs> so if you spending a whole day making one Twitter post and you never get any followers, then you need to be able to look at it and say, from the numbers, that was a waste of eight hours or 24 hours, depending on how long you're. But equally, um, knowing that when you make this product, it takes so many minutes to make this product and you these are the five pieces of um, raw materials that are needed to make the product. Um, and the final numbers impact, a numbers issue on the boring stuff is tracking impact. So um, people who are wanting to change the world often work around what I call the P word that I don't like people saying, which is they're passionate about something. And yeah. I want to see your passion. I want it proved like you, Christine, with data. I want data. I don't want you to tell me I'm passionate about changing the world. I want you to change the world and show me you've done it. Um, but that's where tracking impact is important, because if you genuinely are passionate about a particular change and you're spending all the time it takes to start a business and run a business, then surely you want to know it's working. 
And so being really clear on the change mm -hmm. you want to make and how you make that change. Now, there's lots of research into this. And again, we can get into all the thoughtful stuff and crunch numbers. But it, even if we're just simple and say, if so many people buy your product, that's your first bit of impact. If your product itself makes impact, understand that. But it's also what has changed in that person because of what they bought or what has changed in that person because of the time they spent with you and, and even just having a way of checking in. And it could be just a testimonial where someone says, it really, really helped me to talk to you because now I don't feel so sad if you're working on mental health or well-being, or it really, really helped because I didn't know how to do this before and now I know how to do that. So we're used to testimonials in that way. But looking at them from an impact point of view, and when you're doing your forecasting saying, actually, I want to I want to help people. And how do I want to help them? And how, how will I know I've helped them? Rather than just feeling good in the moment, how will I know I actually help them? And so thinking really carefully about I would think you only need to track like maybe number of people and then one or two things where you say, you literally ask them smiley face, happy, you know, sad face, or you ask them to answer one question, which is based around the change you really, really, really want to make. Um, I think it's important from the beginning to think of that, even if you get it wrong. And so, you know, I've been tracking whether they were happy or sad and that doesn't matter. I really want to track whether they are healthier and they're taking this medication. It doesn't you've got to start somewhere <laughs> for sure and and that's a, that's the point but you have to start and um, yes uh, i know that sometimes um people can be uh let's say Im immobilized would that be the word no yes they won't they won't be, they won't do anything because they're too scared um of a specific task or feel too overwhelmed so rather than trying to start something they just leave it and procrastinate or ignore <laughs> that something is there. Um, and sometimes people do that as well if the business is going badly and they know, okay, this is actually, I, I will have to change something. But, and we are coming back to passion. Um, and I always say this, yes, people that start their own business and especially in social enterprises are passionate about the things, um, but that can sometimes blind them from seeing what's really going on and being flexible enough to change things and adapt to the market to your target audience uh, change completely forget about the idea even um before it's too late and maybe they have financial difficulties or anything um, yes. and all this that you said can prevent that because you will be tracking you you will be realistic in forecasting and you will be tracking what's actually happening not just uh, with numbers and, and impact um, in, in general and and even in the if you find it hard to move if 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 you forecast with a calendar and numbers then when you when you look at it and say well in order to reach 50 people in the first year I have to reach two people this month because I'm not going to reach 50 people in one month and it I find that helps people to know if they just do a little thing each day, it's much easier than facing this huge thing. And I don't know if you find this, Christine, when you are coaching people who are doing startups, often they just need to know what's the next little thing they need to do. Yeah. And then they feel like they can get some traction. Yes, um, that is that is true. And I think it's good to focus on the next little thing 
but obviously knowing what's behind them the and what's still coming. Yeah. Um, and this is also when, when I'm setting goals with my clients or for myself even, can be a big goal. It can be a long-term goal. There's nothing wrong with that. And you should probably even do that because that helps you to then look and define smaller goals, milestones, action steps, action points, whatever you want to call them, um, towards this bigger goal. But then you focus on the next thing you have to do to achieve it. However, keep track and know where this is actually going. Yeah, and actually track the numbers against the goals. Exactly. So that was all the boring numbers, which are not so boring. Because <laughs> numbers change the world. Boring things change the world. <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, no, it's, it's true because, um, again, we're talking about businesses, not talking about the hobby. If you want to do something as a hobby, it's okay. You can spend money as well and your time and effort on things. Um, but it, everyone has to pay yeah. for their lives and maybe even for for employees or anything mm. okay and when uh, you mentioned employees i wanted to drop in that the next five boring things involve people <laughs> cool so we're looking forward to those um because they're as important as numbers of course um but they're equally important and uh, again like you say if, if uh, people with a lot of passion <laughs> and a big heart <laughs> who want to have an impact forget about the numbers or sometimes there's people who um, are just all about the numbers and forget about the people um, so uh, very good that you mentioned both of them um, any final thoughts on these um, five boring things about numbers <laughs> well I think um, entrepreneurs often feel like it that like they shouldn't um admit to knowing their numbers there's like this weird thing you're supposed to financially forecast but but entrepreneurs are supposed to be hip and cool and kind of do all the fun funky things and so that's why i call it the boring things uh, but i do think um it's actually cool and hip to know your numbers really well of course <laughs> it is <laughs> but that's a that's an opinion i i appreciate that some people don't yeah. uh, think that and um i i know a lot of people who are the visionaries and uh, really do not want to know any details of anything and then there's the people who want to know all the details and don't care about the longer vision and where the things at the moment um and this is why it's important to also have both in the team um, yes. because it's difficult to be to be both um right thank you so much for sharing those i'm looking forward to next week where we talk about the five boring things that have to do with people <laughs> yes i'm looking forward to it too thank you christy that was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.